Safety Choir, and thank you, Ashley, for accompanying today, and Gordon for leading today in Philip's absence. We appreciate you both very much. Thank you. Our text today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Familiar words to us, but sometimes the familiar is a good reminder to us as we are disciples of God. Hear God's word. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of the one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Have you ever been eating pizza with a couple of your friends and then there's that time, it's very awkward, where there's just one slice left? And everybody's sort of looking down at that one slice and person number one says, someone needs to eat the last piece. And then person number two says to person number three, go ahead, y'all can have it. And then person Number one says to person number two, no, really, you, you have it. Person number two says, are, are you sure? Yeah, we always, why do we say that? Are, are you sure? Like, they didn't mean what they said, but are you sure? I am positive you have it. And then person number two scarfs down that last piece of pizza while person number one and three look with envy, like, I wish I would have gotten it. Why is it so hard for us to receive things? Sometimes you'll go out to dinner with some friends and you and your wife, before you went, said, we're going we're gonna to get the tab tonight. We're, we're no argument, just want to make sure we're on the same page. So you're out there to dinner and the bill comes and you get, you, you get it from the server and then there's this big argument over who's going to pay. No, we, and then finally the other folks will say, are you sure? Why is it so hard for us to receive? Or sometimes you need help. You know you need help. The lawn is high and you can't get out there. You've got some health issues or you haven't been able to cook or whatever. And you know you need help. But somebody says, is there anything I can do for you? And you say, no, we're just fine. Good Baptist people, we're, we're just fine. Or we don't want you to go to any trouble or often I get this from, from folks in, in church. There are a lot of other people who need it much more than we do. That means they really need it bad. And when you hear that, that means that we need to step up. Sometimes, sometimes we just have to give the casserole or make the visit or mow the lawn and just show up because of this difficulty that we have with receiving. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because we in church talk about giving so much. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. 
and that verse in Acts where Paul was quoting Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So we're all, and we're always talking about giving of our time and our talents and our treasures. That's second nature. We are called to give, and we're givers, and you all are wonderful givers here at HRBC. But we have a difficult time receiving. I remember there was a family early in my ministry. They were never able to have children. He had an ongoing, long-term battle with cancer, and she fibromyalgia. It was both of them always were enduring very difficult medical situation. And when I would be visiting with them, I'd be there for a while, and then as I was about ready to offer a time of prayer and then to head on to the next visit, Shirley would get up and say, Pastor, how about a nice Coke? And I would stay longer, and she would bring me the original Coke, not the diet that we have at home. So I would stay and visit longer. It was difficult for me to receive. Finally, I learned that I needed to schedule more time at their house because I knew that at a certain point in the visit that she was going to bring me a real Coke, right? Not an imposter, but a real Coke. But it took me a while to learn to be able to receive that grace. We join the disciples and Jesus today as he's preparing them to be sent out. And they are not supposed to take anything with them. If you read chapter 10 in the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see that they are supposed to rely totally and completely on the hospitality of others. And these other people would be believers. You've got to think, though, that not only is Jesus giving instructions to the disciples in real time there and then, but Matthew is writing this gospel to the Matthean church, uh, pr comprised primarily of Jewish Christians. And so this is maybe 25, 30 years out from Jesus when he was doing his ministry. So there was a lesson here for the disciples that were part of the early church who were to rely on the hospitality of other disciples as they went. So there's an initial set of instructions for the, the 12, but then there are instructions for those who came after and those of us today. Jesus gave instructions starting in verses 37 and 38. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then Matthew tells us that Jesus gave authority to his disciples to do everything that he did, and then he sent them out in pairs. And he lists all of their names here, and they're set apart two by two. He says, go to the lost sheep of Israel. The focus would be among the Jewish people. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, and uh, freely you have received, freely give. And then he says, don't take anything with you. And then he says, stay where you are welcomed, and if you are not welcomed there, then shake the dust off of your feet when you leave town. It was a way for a Jewish person to say, I'm done with that, I'm shaking the dust off, and I'm moving on. And then Jesus said to them, be on your guard. He said, you will be persecuted. And then he told them that in my translation, paraphrasing, do not be afraid. He said that families would be divided over your decision to follow me. 
And then later in the end of the passage, verse 39 in chapter 10, he says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then Jesus sent them out on their way, and he went on his way separately to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. They would have to trust him. In other words, Jesus is saying, travel light, guys. Travel light and depend on the people who you visit. One writer says, quote, on pilgrimage, we learn to travel light, discarding the heavy load of judgment and appreciating the gifts of those we meet along the way. Jesus said, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Do you see the connection? Disciple, welcome. They, the person welcomes Jesus, and the person welcomes the one who sent Jesus. So there's a direct connection. In other words, those who welcome those disciples welcome God. If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is a disciple, truly I tell you, that person will not will certainly not lose their reward. We, we need to rely on God to learn to receive. I need to do that better. And many of you would probably agree. In your notes, if you're taking notes, to be received, as Jesus describes it, is to be shown Christian hospitality. Jesus is, in essence, training his disciples how to receive the hospitality that people would give them. It's a lesson in learning for them. When we are received, it is as if our host is receiving Jesus. And the one who receives Jesus receives the one who sent him. You know that longtime member Bob Nance died this past week. And right after... I received word. I was able to you know, set a time with Doris, his wife, to go visit with her and to begin planning the service, which will take place tomorrow. And they, they live in a little uh, small apartment there at the retirement community. And I, I came in the door, and she welcomed me. And the first thing that she did was say, would you like something to drink? And she says, I don't have much. How about a cup of cold water? She had no idea I was preaching this text today. And so she goes over there to the sink. Uh, her daughter-in-law was with her. And they got a cold bottle of water out of the little refrigerator and poured it in a little plastic Dixie cup and gave it to me. And she said, I'm sorry I couldn't give you more, but, you know, you understand. And I said, I sure do. Oh, she said... How about a cookie? And I'm always game for a cookie. So she went back over, and on the top shelf, her daughter-in-law pulled out a Pepperidge Farm, bag of Petra, Pepperidge Farm macadamia nut cookies. And they opened the bag and put it on a napkin. And so I sat down with Doris to talk about her husband in the service with a cup of cold water and a macadamia nut cookie. Folks, that's holy ground. I didn't want her to get up and go fix all that. She had to go with her little walker and come back, and I, I would have just assumed that she didn't go to the trouble, but I didn't say anything 
because God is teaching me a lesson on how to receive. Jesus tells us that there's no hierarchy here. There's no class system. There's no pride. Whether prophet or righteous person or little ones, whoever receives one of these receives Jesus. So what Doris did when she received me, she received the one who sent me, and she received the Lord. And the blessing is all hers, and I received the blessing This reminds us that all service is equal in God's eyes. Have you thought about that? There's no hierarchy here. Whether prophet or righteous person or little one, all service is equal. And in the New Testament, the little ones here refers to the disciples as the New International Version translates, but little ones also can be translated to refer to young children and people who are overlooked in society. And so Jesus is saying, whether you recognize and welcome and offer hospitality to a priest, of, a prophet of God, or a righteous person who's carrying out his work like the disciples, or a little one who is a disciple, or a little one who is a child in society who is in the Roman Empire, is overlooked and devalued, it is all the same. And that is a lesson for us to remember. All service is equal in God's eyes. God does not want us to be a respecter of persons. The scripture says God is not a respecter of persons, that God shows no partiality. We are just called to go and serve. John, when you and the kids are at Passport this week, you're going to learn more about that, that Micah 6-8 passage that's part of the framework of your week. Our children had that same experience at Passport Kids just the other week. And I hope all of us can remember that we are just called to serve and allow God to be the one to do all the judging. Can we have amen on that? Because I think that's important, an amen. Yeah. So God's always trying to teach us something, and I think I have time to share this little story with you. So this past Friday, I was here at the office, and everybody else had gone, and I'm on the phone with one of our members, and the doorbell of the church rings. And so I hear the doorbell, so I ask our church, the person I'm speaking to, hang on, just say the doorbell's ringing, and it was a persistent doorbell, right? So I put the phone down. I went to the door, here, right over there, and there was a young man with a backpack and a hat on. And I opened the door, and I asked him how I could help him, and he, he told me he, he needed some help. So I said, well, Hold on just tight. I've got a call that I'm on. Let me go finish that, and you hang out here, okay? He says, okay. So I finished the call, and then I went back out to talk with him. We sat down on the bench in, in the, uh, under the carport thing there. I can't say portica share very well. It's a carport to me. That's a drive under. It's a carport. I'm from South Carolina. It's a carport. So the, the young man, he shared with me some of the struggles that he had, and he was trying to get to his grandpa's house. And his grandpa lived down near Bailey's Bridge Middle School area. That's far. And he had no financial means to get there. He, and we don't have cash to disperse here at the church. We don't do that. We, we work with agencies and follow that protocol. But I said, I think I can help you. Hang on. 
So I came in the church, and I called the local taxi cab company here in Bonaire. I said, I have a young man who needs to get to this place. Can you help us? I'll take care of the cost on my credit card because the church gives me a credit card to use. And we have a benevolence fund that where we are able to help people who have needs. So he said, I'll be right there. So in about five minutes, the taxi cab comes under the carport there, and I work out the arrangements, give this specific address so we know exactly how much the bill is going to be, and I pay in advance for the, the trip down to that area, and you would not believe the smile that was on that young man's face. Now, I wish I could have done more, but I, I did what I could, right? And sometimes we just, we do what we can do to one of these little ones. In my conversation with him, I did learn that he's a Christian. He showed me a little dog tag that had his name on it and the day that he was saved, and, uh, and it had a verse on it. And so I, I, I was thankful to hear that he believed in God and believed in Jesus Christ. He's going through some tough times. But I prayed with him, and I said, you don't owe us a thing. Just pay it forward. Help somebody when you're in a position someday. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, they will not lose their reward. Jesus shares a meal with his disciples the night before he died on the cross. And we have that meal as a symbol today of his love for us, his unending love for us and his eternal grace for us. And he took that bread and he gave thanks and broke it and he said, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you meet together, take, eat, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and poured it out saying, this is my blood shed for you for the remission of your sins and the sins of many. The new covenant in my blood. As often as you meet together, take, drink, this do, in remembrance of me. Shall we pray?